We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in, but why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCrady. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome into this edition of Hand Raised Guys, presented by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating. You probably know us by now. We did not plan to wear the same shirt, by the way. This is <laughs> total coincidence. Uh, Chase usually is dressed up. I'm very rarely... It's team pictures, and we just said, you know what? Yeah, it's team I mean, picture day. <laughs> I'm very rarely dressed up, but today's one of those days. And uh, anyway, we're dressed. We're in the same thing, so we look like, uh, we look like twins. Gentilapparel.com. Com slash mpw for yeah if you want if you want this shirt you can get it stars they're just like us as us weekly would say you know you can you can get the material brought to you by comer heating and air southern air conditioning and heating different names same great people same great products and services if you live in oxford two below the surrounding area call comer at 662-801-1777 if you live in hernando memphis or the surrounding area call southern 662-429-4429 uh, it's hot outside still, but the weather's cooling off. It's going to be a beautiful weekend. Is uh, as the cooler weather starts to roll in, you got plenty of time, plenty of time. But as the cooler weather starts to warm in, you do want to make sure that heating system is going to be good to go. When that first cold snap arrives, you can call the people at Comer. You can call the people at Southern. They'll come check it out for you and make sure you're good to go. And that way, if you're not, you can get that taken care of. Plenty of time to be ready when the uh, at least for me welcomed colder weather rolls into town this will be the uh, friday oxford exxon podcast chase what's going on at the oxford exxon try to get catering taken care of this weekend they can help you out with that they got the slabs of ribs they got the pounds of pulled pork side items excellent vegetables and tons more so when you come into town this weekend for the game stop in also the beer cave 34 degrees of goodness there tons of options from a uh, seltzer from a beer standpoint Take care of your tailgate if you're in Oxford this weekend and just hanging out watching football, whether it be college football on Saturday or NFL on Sunday. They can help you. Oxford Exxon, Blue Sky location. Remember, they're building their new, basically a superstore in Macomb, ready for too long, too. Tons of locations up and down I-55, and they're out in North Mississippi as well. Uh, we're in the Clark Ford Studios. Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900. Call that number. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. It's right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. You get to quote. The rest is completely up to you. You can shop that quote around. You can do what I've done, what I recommend that you do, and that is hop into a Clark Ford today. Again, 662-257-1900. We'll have a post-game show uh, pretty late Saturday night. 
Uh, that's brought to you by Dead Soxy. Celebrate and support the Rebels by wearing socks that contribute to Ole Miss Athletics, the NIL, and the Grove Collective. Check out the Ole Miss NIL collection on DeadSoxy.com. Dead Soxy is excited to announce a new collaboration with Ole Miss tight end Michael Trigg. The new collection is now live on their site. Again, DeadSoxy.com. Guests, including you guys, if you want to call in this evening, can call in and join us on the Campbell Clinic hotline. The Campbell Clinic's in Oxford now, 2608 South Lamar Boulevard, Suite 102, just across the street from the cottages at Hooper Hollow. The Campbell Clinic provides full-service orthopedic care, everything from sports medicine to foot and ankle surgery to spine and total joint care to pediatric orthopedics, physical therapy, and more. To book an appointment, go to CampbellClinicOxford.com. Or call 901-759-3111. Walk-ins always welcome at the Campbell Clinic, Monday through Friday, 7.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. lot of content up uh, at the site. We talked to Jeffrey Wright earlier this morning on the Oxford Exxon podcast. That is up in podcast form. We've got uh, Neil's Picks, um, presented by the Service Specialist, is uh, up. Also, I did a uh, five-questions exchange with our rivals colleague Kelly Quinlan, who covers Georgia Tech for, uh, is it Jackets? JacketsOnline.com. JacketsOnline.com. So we talked about Georgia Tech and Ole Miss. Um, the Butcher versus the Dance Instructor, presented by LB's Meat Market, is online as well. It's on the site at Rebel Grove. It's also on this uh, MPW Digital YouTube channel, as is Pete's Pigskin Preview, getting you ready for the Yellow Jackets and the Rebels. Really good show from Pete. More than an hour of uh, Ole Miss film breakdown from Ole Miss's win over Tulane. Really focused on Ole Miss's offense, specifically its offensive line, which has been a big topic of conversation. So that is up as well. Both of those shows, by the way, The Butcher versus The Dance Instructor, Pete's Pigskin Preview, are also up in podcast form if you are uh, driving to Oxford for the game. So uh, lots of uh, lots of material for you available on po- in podcast form and in uh, in video form as well. Also, just uh, loaded Brian's latest latest podcast. He uh, is speaking to former Ole Miss defensive back Vaughn Hutchins. On he is the guest this week, the Oxford Ortho Letterman's Lounge Athlete of the Week. They do there on campus, so he is on today. And uh, Brian also talked to Ole Miss linebacker Jeremiah John Baptiste today on uh-huh. the uh, podcast. So both those guys up in podcast form. On MPW Digital as well. So, yes, very full day of uh, of podcast around this here network. Yeah. So. If if that's not enough for you, we apologize. That can get you to Oxford from Madison and Memphis and Nashville and a lot more places. A lot of, lot, lot of hours in those podcasts right there to take care of you. It's not on this network, but I'm part of it, so I'll, I'll tease it. Uh, McCready and Siski also recorded today. We talked to uh, South Alabama coach Kane Womack, and we made our picks for the weekend, and then um, Tyler and I wrapped up the show by talking about the newest development in the Kennedy assassination, which is now <laughs> six decades old. But there is a new there is a new uh, development, and so we uh, we broke that down today. <laughs> so, Never before. Sorry. I mean, is that like finding a new fossil when they go, "Hey, you know what? We dug this up, and hey, they, maybe they did have teeth." I mean, is that is that is that what this he, is? Uh, if he's telling the truth. He kept a secret for six decades. You buy it? Uh, Which means he told no one else. No, he did tell other people, and people told him to be quiet. So, hold on. Multiple people knew this, and no one said anything for six decades. It 
If it's true. That, uh, yeah, fine. Okay. I mean, uh-huh. Look, I wasn't there. Well, yeah, I'm, there's no culpability on your so, part. If it's true. Okay. And if his account is true. Okay. Then there is no way that Oswald acted alone. If it's true, and if his account is true, there's no way that the magic bullet theory right. is accurate. Right. So in the event that it is true, mm-hmm. and the people who wanted to just make it clean, which is what the Warren Commission did, in, in, this, in this account, the Warren Commission just sort of wrapped it up, right? They just, man, here's, here's the story. This is what we're going with. Magic bullet. Went through Kennedy, went through Connolly, ended up on the stretcher. It fell out of Connolly's leg. This explains it. Single, single gunman. Okay. Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. You know, that's the official account of the yeah. Warren Commission. Yeah, we've all heard that. So if this account is true, and this, this Secret Service agent was there, he was 28 years old, he was on Jackie Kennedy's detail at the time. Um, if he's telling the truth, that he recovered that bullet out of the back of the of the limo after they took the president's, I guess, body at the time, I guess he was technically still legally alive. If, if he's telling the truth, that theory is obliterated. So do you believe him? Does your gut say you believe him? Sorry. Let me rephrase. My gut tells me that he is at least telling some degree of truth. My, 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 you had always believed he acted alone, correct? And you've I done had, a lot. I had, of I've done a into lot. This, this I, is kind of your OJ for me. Yeah, uh, yeah. For the longest time, I, I genuinely believed the Gerald Posner case closed. I've got the book right over there, case closed um, account. And now, I mean, I, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, except for the fact that I don't know that I trust. I don't know that I trust the government as much today as I probably did four years ago. And so I'm open to this explanation. I've always thought that the magic bullet was... That, that takes a There's say. a lot there. Yeah, 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 sure. You know, that the bullet in, in a split second time made all of those moves and came out pristine, went through two human bodies, including bones, and came out completely pristine as opposed to hitting the president in the back brace. Sure. Losing its charge, basically, and falling out of the president. Doing whatever it did. Falling out of the president's back when they moved him. It's interesting. Yeah. Arizona and New York. There's a barn burner. Well, Diamondbacks are in the wild card race. (laughs) No. It's seven nothing though in the seventh. It's all that's on. Okay. <laughs> Diamondbacks have to fly across the country. That but- tells you that the playoff system in the Major League Baseball works. Is a, a real sentence was well the Diamondbacks are in the wild card race is the reason that a game is on. They that, are that 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 explains so much as as we're going here today. I mean, there is a nurse that was in that hospital who uh, has backed up this claim, and she backed it up with interviews that were more than 10 years old, where she said there was a bullet that was on Kennedy's stretcher. When really? She, yeah, that was between his earlobe and his shoulder on the stretcher. Which would indicate? Which would support his account. 
Sure. He says that he took the, he took the bullet out of the car, put it in his jacket pocket, and then in the hospital put it on Kennedy's stretcher. I don't know. I, again, I I wasn't there. Well, because you have to look at it both ways. You have to look at it the other way too. Of why suddenly six days, decades later, this dude just lie about something? Like yeah, he's eighty eight years old. Yeah. Why do we go? Hey, today. Tell I you mean, what. You know, he's just now going to do it for the money. It's kind of far fetched. I mean, is it possible that he doesn't recall clearly sixty years later? Sure. Is it possible that he's just clearing his conscience of something that he quit the service after six months? Six months after the he was the, he, the assassination. He was still on her detail and could not take it anymore. So it's a it was an event that changed his life, that traumatized him, got him out of his out of his career, forced him to change careers. I don't know. Uh, Tupelo Reb says, what's the point of him removing the bullet and placing it back later? Uh, his explanation is that the, the scene was chaotic at the hospital. Obviously, Jackie Kennedy was in shock, and they had to get the president's body, basically, out of the, out of the vehicle. And when they did that, he looked into the vehicle and saw there was a bullet fragment in the blood, and there was a bullet. And he grabbed it because he was afraid that people would be taking stuff as souvenirs out of the back of the... Uh, out of the back of the... Sure. And his law enforcement background told him to that the, since the scene wasn't secured, to take it, and then he got into the hospital, and I've heard multiple accounts of this. I mean, I've read a lot about this, that the hospital scene was absolute chaos. Sorry about Just everywhere. a level of absolute chaos. You had... Essentially, the new president being hidden down the hall, and you had Secret Service everywhere, and police, and doctors, and news people, and it was beyond insane. Sure. So, that he would make a rash decision and just put a bullet down is not completely far-fetched. Yeah, I'll buy it. And there's no motivation for him to make it up other than, I don't I mean, what are you doing? You're trying to get publicity at 88? Yeah, you can't really take advantage of that very much. Can I mean, you? you know, I don't. I don't it know. feels like clearing conscience, if anything. So I think. I mean, I mean that just human nature wise, that would be where my guess went. If I yeah, had to guess, it's possible that he's incorrect. I don't know. Again, there are no videos. Nobody had social. Nobody had cell phones. People weren't recording what happened in the room. So okay. But anyway, we talked about that on McCready and Siski, so that's there okay. as well. So, uh, I, I hate to call it news per se. But I uh, did get a little bit of clarification on something that I believe per sources. Uh, Trey Harris did not have a procedure on his knee. Okay. Um, do you believe he had the PRP, the the plasma injections that are supposed to pro, you know, promote healing, quicken things in certain scenarios? Um, I believe he had that, and but do not believe he had an actual surgery to clean up, that this is a rest situation. Um, that it was, which tells me it's pretty mild. If that, if if what I'm hearing is the case, and I I think that it is, he uh, has been in this. We've seen multiple pictures. This is not a secret. This cast type thing, and I'm told that it is actually a cast. That it's something that they used to do a long time ago, almost a standard procedure. Now the same level of care can be done with smaller braces and things. But I think the danger would be doing something to that, that can't be removed just in case. I mean, not that they don't trust Trey, but 
just, hey, this needs to stay exactly like this. So they went probably a little more overboard than they would in most cases. Um, it's going to get it off sometime in the next 48 hours, I think, somewhere in there, maybe today, maybe tomorrow, Saturday, I don't know, and then test it, see how he moves, and we'll go from there. Still, I mean, again. Trying to play Saturday? No, 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 no. I, I No, 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 nothing for Saturday, nothing for Georgia Tech at gotcha. all. I still don't really buy next week, but apparently nothing has been ruled out beyond this week. We'll put it that way right now. I had someone send me an email. I'll keep the name and everything out of it because I don't think they wanted it public, but he said athletes that receive PRP Mm -hmm. and LDU, which is low duration ultrasound. Okay. Came back to play 21 days faster. It's a significant study. He says, I would imagine this will be most athletes protocol for pulls and strains throughout the country this year. He says, I do question the PRP system. Ole Miss is currently using. It's the old system that they use that they used to use, it has been proven to be outdated and not doing any good for the patient. There are only four reputable PRP systems out there. Whatever that means. Yeah. Again. I mean, I'm kind of like I am with the Kennedy assassination. I wasn't there. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I yeah. Don't, I we, don't we, we are simply relaying things that appear to be believable. The, the, the question with Harris will be this. How much damage, if any was done to the ligament how much it's it's the how much pain can he endure and then how much risk are you doing if you play him with the knee at less than 100% how much risk are you doing to the other ligaments in the knee it's it's a pitcher pitching with a bum hamstring and he's trying to compensate for it with his arm and he ends up hurting his elbow because of his hamstring. You're compensating for the MCL and you end up blowing the ACL. Correct. So there's a lot there. Yeah. Main thing is getting the thing off in the next 48 hours. I think Saturday, but again, I'm not there. I'm not treating Trey Harris. So take that for the, which is a good thing since you don't have a medical. I would have a hard time treating Trey Harris. Yes, 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 yes. I would have real questions. if they said (laughs) Chase Parham's treating Trey. (laughs) Chase a good guy. <laughs> so that and again, no surgical procedure, and he is in a cast. I mean, it looks like an old Tommy cast. I don't know how else to to, to describe it. Um, well, that makes there, me feel better because so when I looked at the picture, it did kind of look like that. The cast, yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, uh, Austin Blancett, thank you for the super chat. He says I've learned not to trust the government in most cases. So I believe he's telling the truth. Uh, Kennedy was killed, in my opinion. Yeah, I think I agree with that actually. Um, and then, um, Kyle Wilson, larger conspiracy series, nine 11 or JFK with the party. Will the parties get along enough to pass a budget and avoid a government shutdown. Uh, the larger conspiracy theory, Kennedy, the nine 11 thing to me is just, I, I mean, I know it just passed and we went, I, I Kennedy. went, yeah, the Kennedy, Kennedy, the, Kennedy. The, the, Stop. yeah, come yeah on. the nine 11 thing. I, I just, I'm sorry. I, I can't. I'm, I'm taking 9/11 as is, and I think we landed on the moon. Uh, it's Agreed. Community. Like I'm, I'm, and I don't know about the government shutdown thing. There, there's, there's a lot happening there, and who knows? Um, I am continuing to hear that barring some sort of setback, Priest Corn will return for Alabama next week. That seems to be on pace, to yeah. the best of my, uh, to the best I've, of my I've knowledge. Heard, I've heard the same. Um, heard that again today from somebody. So just from an injury update standpoint, that's kind of where that stands, and then. 
like I said, he has been moving around more, but I don't. I hate to put a date on Zachary Franklin other than he appears to be improving. And it also appears to have been something more major than the simple scope, or he would have been back by now. It has been too long to be a simple scope. I heard something on him, but I don't have it where I okay. even feel good going there. Okay. I don't know anything beyond that on him. Yeah. So. I, we'll see. I don't think he's playing tomorrow or Saturday. <laughs> if I, you made me guess, I would guess that Franklin's LSU at the earliest. My guess would be Harris, LSU, Franklin, LSU, or Arkansas, Priest Corn, Alabama. Judging th- off today's information. I think that's my guess. I think that's- and if you told me I'm wrong on Harris, I would say I'm wrong too soon. But Agreed. I think that's where I would go. And if you told me I was wrong on Franklin, I would say I was wrong too soon. Okay. And I'm, I, I think Priest Corn will at least try to go next week. Yeah, I do too. It's my guess. Um, I, it went up today, and I, I, I don't have some strong opinion, but I'm just kind of finding humor in this. We know that Deion Sanders can find a slight in any segment, shrivel of anything, and use it. Yeah. That's what he does. Got handed a gift today, That's though. That's not my point. Jay Norvell, after... <laughs> He really can blame his own radio people because he's doing his version of Reb Talk. I guess it's Ram Talk. I don't know what they call the thing at Colorado State. It's creative. It is. Have you seen their team? Like all the kind of like the not like the collection of like interesting people, if you will, on their team. I have not. Yeah, I'll pull it up in a minute. So, because okay. um, they t- they're terrible. Colorado State's awful at football, and they're playing Colorado their own game day. It's where big noon kickoff is. All this stuff because of Dion in Colorado and what's going on with them, and the fact that it's a crappy college football slate this week so they have to go somewhere um he was asked about sanders multiple times during his radio show the weekly radio show um and he avoided it and avoided it and avoided it and the guy just kind of kept asking at some point it's on whatever whoever their daily david kellum is and then finally he says quote i don't care if they hear this in boulder that's a good way to start by the way that that means that they will hear what you're this saying in is not Boulder. incendiary at all, by no. the way. And it will be heard in Boulder. Yes. I told them, meaning ESPN, I took my hat off and I took my my glasses off. When I talk to grown-ups, I take my hat and my glasses off. That's what my mother taught me, referring to Dion doing tons of press conferences and all of his media in hats and sunglasses. <sighs> you can talk about Dion in multiple ways that are disrespectful on things he does. I've never felt the slight because of hat and sunglasses. Ever. No. No, I mean, I, I, I get that if you're indoors, take the hat off, like old manners, that kind of thing. But in general, that was a weird hero hill to die on if you're Jay Norvell. That was a strange one to go after. Yeah. I, I, I'm like, I mean. Why, why give them any ammunition? Because you're bad. You're not good. They might actually be good. We're about to find out here soon. Yeah, they might be legitimately good. Just say nice things. Hey, he's done a really good job. You know, we're going to do our best to to beat them. Lord willing, and the creek don't rise yeah. and the whole deal. You know. Their only game so far this season, they played Washington State and lost 50-24. to 24. Just say nice things. You know, they put their pants on, like, they put their pants on one leg at a time, too. This is a 9 o'clock kick. Are you seeing any of this? 
Well, we got a game. Never mind. Yeah, we're going to see those. All right. Never mind. I mean, this is that deal where Ole Miss plays at 630. They're done at 10. I'm done talking to you at what, 1145? About that. Yeah. I get back home at 1215. And then I'm wired. So, yeah, I'm probably looking for something at 1215. At 1215. Where does Hawaii play and win? CBS Sports Network, Warriors, and somebody. It's really more just like sitting down, pour a glass of something into something, and just look at your phone or computer for a minute, just kind of try to relax. So... The comments, as you would expect, that drew applause from the live audience that is there in where's where Fort, Fort Collins. That's right. Sorry, I, I knew that at one point in life, but I've forgotten. <laughs> Fort Collins. Uh, yeah, football radio voice Brian Roth is who uh, is who is talking here. This is Brian's fault. This is Brian's fault. If you're the AD at Colorado State, you go, "Hey, Brian." Yeah, he was trying to avoid it. What are we doing here, bud? Yeah, like just this is not your job. Ask about the damn tight end. So. This is my favorite paragraph that discusses – this is from ESPN that I'm reading – that discusses college football in 2023 and what it looks like. In a video titled, Coach Prime and the CU Buffs Respond to Little Bro, posted Thursday to YouTube by Well Off Media, which is run by Deion Sanders Jr., the Colorado coach is shown addressing his team at practice. Did you get all that? Yeah. College football, ladies and gentlemen, yep. in 2023. Quote, I'm minding my own business, watching some film, trying to get ready, trying to get out here and be the best coach I could be. And I look up and I read some bull junk that they had said about us once again. Why would you want to talk about us when we don't talk about nobody? All we do is go out here, work our butts off and do our job. Yeah, y'all are just carry the lunch penalty yep, on. Yep. Good God. <laughs> but when they give us ammunition, they done messed around and made it personal. It was just going to be a good game and they done messed around and made it personal. It was going to be a great task, a battle of Colorado but then unmessed around and made it personal. Personal. I mean, then, he, then Sanders goes on to say now he's messing with his mother, referring to Norvell's comment about how he was raised, and it's a slight on his mother as well. Well, that's a reach. It's a... <laughs> uh, I mean, whatever. Yeah, at first you're like, I mean, eh, okay, and then... I mean, now I suppose the picture of Dion getting up in the morning and looking at a picture of Jay Norvell taped to his mirror and, you know, grab it right, be- right before he heads out. Do you see where people are already listing Dion Sanders as a candidate at Michigan State? As a candidate, Paul Feinbaum mentioning Dion Sanders. This is, this is where college football is today. Paul Feinbaum mentions, mentions Dion Sanders Apparently, I didn't listen, but I saw this. In the event that I'm wrong, I apologize to Paul. I don't think I'm wrong. As a candidate at Florida, the Gators have played two games. Two. This season. In a second season under Napier. It's his second year. He's been the coach for 15 games. They have the nation's number three recruiting class. Is it possible that maybe we're jumping the shark? I mean... I just don't buy the Florida's firing Billy Napier thing. And Deion Sanders, who has done a great job in the first two games, they still have some really hard games left. Oregon, USC, Utah. We're not there yet with Deion. They're off to a great start. 
they're much better than we thought they were going to be. Clearly, they're fun. They're entertaining. They beat TCU. They 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 beat Nebraska. Travis Hunter's fun to watch. I think they'll beat Colorado State. They're going to be off to a hot start. And three wins is more than they had a year ago. He's done a great job. But can we can we just wait just just a little longer and let a little more evidence come in before we render the verdict? Just, I'm just, just trying to be a voice of reason. Just give it a minute. I mean, it, they might end up being the story of the year. They might end up being a top ten team. I mean, they, they're, Hunter is a stud. Shadur Sanders is a terrific quarterback. A terrific quarterback. Jay Novell started the interview saying, "I really don't want to talk about Dion right now. Really don't want to talk about it." Then he opened up about game day. Game day visiting, had done some interviews with multiple Rams players. It was great. loved it. But our kids came out of those interviews really with a chip on their shoulder. They're tired of all that stuff. They're really tired of it. Colorado's not going to like us no matter what we say or do. It doesn't matter. So let's just go up there and play. That's how I feel about it. I guess the players got to ask a ton about Dion, and it annoyed Colorado State. It probably did. Here, here's, here's their schedule the rest of the way. Colorado? Yeah. Okay. At Oregon. Oregon, by the way, uh, Dan Lanning was asked something about Colorado leaving the Pac-12 and Dan Lanning, whose team is also leaving the Pac-12. <laughs> Glass houses and whatnot here, Dan. Said, you know, what difference does it make? What have they ever won in this league? You're leaving also, <laughs> Dan. Whoever the coach is at Washington State, I don't even know. And Jonathan Smith are the only people yeah. that can hold their hand up and say a word right now. So they go to Oregon. All right. They come home to play USC. Back-to-back weeks? Yeah. Okay. Go to Arizona State. Play host to Stanford. Five. Okay. Go to UCLA. Okay. Play host to Oregon State. Okay. Play host to Arizona. Okay. Go to Washington State. And finish November the twenty fifth at Utah. They can win eight. They could. So they got two. Colorado State's three. They're going to lose to Oregon. They'll lose to USC. They'll beat Arizona State. That's four. They'll beat Stanford. That's five. UCLA's interesting. It's a toss. Arizona. I think they'll lose to Oregon State. I'm beating yeah. them. They'll beat Arizona. I think. Washington State there is going to be tough. It's going to be tough sledding. And then Utah's tough. So six, seven, eight. Yeah, it's a phenomenal record. Yeah, but yeah. but the, the media is trying. They're not going to the Rose Bowl. The media so is trying to turn them into a top 10 team. And it's like, guys, that's just, that's not realistic. It's almost like you build them up so that when they lose a few. And go, I think as the year goes on, they're going to get tired. Yeah. When they, but we're building them up so that we can tear them down. And I hate that. Yeah. Just let it be what it is. I guess that's not as, that's not as cool as the other no. not as fun as the other well wait and see is not the uh, but six and six colorado is a major achievement and it's going to give him juice to recruit yeah unless i mean but it, is, is he going to get the is he jumping i mean would that look bad if he jumped from colorado to michigan state in one year sure i don't know what michigan state is going to do but They haven't technically fired him, right? Technically. Not technically. Right. But you going to let him back in? Yeah, you kind of chop the legs off no matter what at this point. They butchered that. Yeah. 
That, oh, was, it's, it's, that was that was not handled appropriately. It's panic once the USA Today thing comes up. Was the USA Today? Yeah. Okay. And it didn't look good. I mean, it was, it was bad judgment. But I think you could have gotten through it without firing him. So, yeah, I'm reading from The Athletic this morning who said this. Colorado State. Again, Colorado State's bad. Colorado's going to win. It's a blowout. This, this is a nothing game. It also helps all these game day things that it's late at night, so you're just talking about every other game during your programming, and then they play that game, and then it's all kind of over. You know what I mean? Like yeah. It's not like it's at 11 a.m., and then you're sitting on site and having to go, well, it was 58-3. Colorado State's team, a few roster notes for the Rams. They have an Arnold, an Arnold uh, Amateur Strongman Champion, a sumo wrestler, two members of the same Sudanese tribe, an openly gay defensive lineman, a thirty-something father of three, and two NFL draft prospects. Oh, that is Colorado State's roster. I mean, it, it really reminds me of that movie Necessary Roughness with Kathy Ireland oh. when they just came back and put all the dudes there, and you've got Scott Bakula was the big-time quarterback with a year of eligibility remaining, and yeah. you got Sinbad, and you got Sinbad. the whole you got the whole deal. Ready to go. Sinbad cleared out the shower so that Kathy could go get hers. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And then he resisted the urge to peek. Was that Sinbad or was that the big dude? No, that was the big that dude. That was the big guy. Sinbad was like the teacher or whatever that Maybe was like so. the cooler. Yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot about Sinbad. I wonder what happened to him. Uh, let's find out. Sinbad is 66 years old. Damn, we're old. Yeah, that's what will get you right there a little bit, isn't it? Let's see. What's he doing? Uh, stand-up, film, television. It says he's still active. Did you know he was in the United States Air Force? By I did the way? not. He was in the Air Force. I'm un, I'm I'm not up to speed on my Sinbad um, trivia. Let's see. It says here, this is about his Air Force thing. He served in the United States Air Force as a boom operator aboard KC-135 Strato, Strata tankers. While assigned to the 384th Air Refueling Wing at McConnell Air Force Base in Kansas, he would often travel downtown to perform stand-up comedy. He competed as a comedian MC in the Air Force's talent contest in 1981. He was almost dismissed with a dishonorable discharge charge for various misbehaviors, including going AWOL. Quote, I didn't make the Air Force basketball team and went into denial, so I kept going AWOL. My mother kept begging me to go back. I told her, no, I'm not going back. I'll just grow a beard. They won't recognize me, so I'll just be another black man with a beard. I was going to Georgia Tech to learn, learn about computers. I'd go AWOL all the time. I'd just leave. I'd come back hoping they'd throw me out. After a series of incidents, he was eventually discharged, quote, for parking my car in the wrong direction. Oh. Different world, Sinbad show, necessary roughness, soul train once. A lot of stuff there. Move Di- some movies. Different world. That sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sitcom. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Uh, 2017 is the last thing I'm seeing for him, unless I'm missing something. He's on some Disney stuff. He was in that awful Shaquille O'Neal movie with uh with, with Kazam. Remember that one back in the day? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, he had a stroke in 2020, but appeared to recover and be okay. Best okay. I can tell. 66. Yeah, that's all I got. Okay. Sorry. No, I mean. Thursday night, guys. That's what you get. Well, it's Sinbad. It's it's been a week. Oh, they're saying Sinbad did a show in Tunica a few years ago. Oh, there you go. There you go. Shazam. 
So anyway, uh, yeah, it getting safe. It, it really reminds me green, all the players like it is. There, there's a certain necessary roughness vibe. Now look, that team went Owen eight prior to tying Kansas and then beating the mighty Texas Colts in the, in the finale. How old's Kathy Ireland now? Take a guess before I tell you. 60, 60 years old. Exactly. 60 years old. How about that? That was good. She was in Oxford like a year ago. She was official. She was initially known for appearing in 13 consecutive sports illustrated swimsuit issues. Oh yeah. I remember. It's up your wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's seven years older than me, so do the math. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know those posters we put on your wall back in the day? Yeah. yeah. All right. I mean, no joke. I mean, I laughed about it, but I saw that she was in Oxford. I think it was last year. It may have been two years ago. She was she was speaking at Ole Miss doing something, and I was like, I really owe her an apology. <laughs> Was she really? Yeah, she was really here. <laughs> and I was like, I should probably apologize. But that would be creepy. Um, got a little, uh, I probably figure we're doing call. I don't know what we're doing, but uh, we'll continue. Phone talking. line's open if anybody wants to call. Oh, 662-426-1464. Really? So a little trivia for you here. Okay. I noticed this because I'm surprised the number is this low. Okay. All right. So what this is, is a list. There's only been 23 seasons in Major League Baseball history where a player had at least 99 extra base hits in a season. Okay. okay. All right. 99 extra base hits in a season. It's only been done 23 times. One person did it one, two, three times. Another person did it tw- three times. So only like 17 different people or something like that. Okay. There are two Cubs on the list. Can you name them without missing one? Two Cubs who have 99 extra base hits. That is correct. In a single season. Yes. That is correct. Okay, I'll give you the, the, the names that come to mind. Sure. There's one obvious one, and the one that I was surprised by. Ernie Banks. No. Okay, Billy Williams. No. Wow. Who holds the Cubs record for most home runs in a season? Oh, Sammy Sosa. Thank you. Yes. And uh, let me find the year. See, isn't it funny? I disregard him because of the whole steroid thing. Do you really? I, I mean, I don't intentionally In do 2001, it. Sammy Sosa had 103 extra base hits. Okay. Yes. The other one had 99 extra base hits as a Cub in 158 games. Surprise me. Andre Dawson? Nope. Again, I would not have given it had you had you given me twenty Cubs guesses. I would not have come up with this name. Not Mark Grace. Nope. How to come up with that? Yeah. Nope. Modern era. Oh yeah, very much so. Okay. Yeah, two thousands. Derek Lee. That is correct. Okay. Derek Lee, two thousand five, ninety nine extra base hits. Yeah, he got hurt that year, or else he had a shot at the MVP. Oh really? Yeah. Um. Yeah, Babe Ruth has the record at 119. He did it in 152 games in 1921. Gehrig, two. Bonds, three. Chuck Klein for the Philadelphia, I guess, A's, four. Um, Todd Helton, five. There's a hell of a season. Todd Helton with uh, 105 extra base hits. He was a great hitter. In 2001. The To me, the most impressive on the list, considering it's still technically modern era, 
1995, remember, strikes shortened year, only 144 games. Albert Bell, 103 extra base hits. I saw in Albert, 95. I saw Albert Bell hit a home run in high school and college. Back when he was Joey Bell. Joey Bell. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, he was a beast in college. Like, oh my god! I mean, just a monster. Uh, he hit a he hit one at old J.C. Love Field in at, in Ruston that was incredible. And actually, I take that back. Chuck Klein has three seasons of this. Musial has multiple seasons of this. Um, Hank Greenberg is on the list. Rogers Hornsby, Jimmy Fox. Luis Gonzalez is on this list. 100 extra base hits in 2001. The uh, little injection there. Is that what you're saying? World Series hero, Luis Gonzalez. You're going to soul his his (sighs) reputation like that? Um. Before he went to Arizona, he was a cub, and he just sprayed doubles everywhere. And then suddenly, and then suddenly, he's hitting fifty home runs. Yeah, there's actually very few people because I know I'm seeing uh, Anybody, Bell on here multiple times. Gonzalez is actually on here multiple times. Anybody this year? Acuna? No, there hasn't been one since. Here's the seasons: 21, 27, 2001, 1930, 2001, 95, 37, 2000, 32, 1948. 2001-1922-1932-1933-2001-1998-2000-1940-2005-there-has-not-been-one-since-2005-okay-on-another-subject-but-baseball-related-am-I-missing-something-in-this-MVP-discussion-where-people-are-debating-the-national-league-MVP-
What's would they have war? I don't see war on here. Okay, I'm, I'm sure I can find it, but no, it's I okay. do not see it at the moment. I mean, to me, the it, the top four are set. Yeah, that's not an and the the more intriguing thing would be if Acuna had bet stats on the best team. You know what I mean? Yeah. You at least would start playing that thing out. But when best players on best team, like yeah, I, I mean, don't, I, I think you can have a lot of debates. Like I think you can debate. And those stats are up to date, by the way. Yes. You, you can debate NL Cy Young. You can make a case for Strider. You can make a case for Blake Snell. I think you can make a case for Justin Steele. Those are the three. Um, comeback player of the year, I think it's Cody Bellinger. Rookie of the year is... Uh, Betts is up on war. 8-1-7-6. But it's so close. Rookie of the year is the kid from Arizona, right? Corbin Carroll? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a fun baseball. Yeah, as season. Michael says, Betts getting defensive versatility in war is his reasonings. But he's a great player. No one, I mean, the, the, so people do the argument. Well, Betts, no, they, they're both awesome. If someone offers your team, hey, your team can start with Mookie Betts. Okay, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Cool, sign me up. I mean, Betts can play outfield. He can play shortstop. But Acuna had the better year. And people... Look, finishing second in the MVP voting isn't – it's not an indictment of your talent. Mookie Betts, like 64 career war so far. Oh, dude. God almighty. Dude. Oh, he's a Hall of Fame player. Jesus. Signed through 2032 with the Dodgers, $365 million, 12 years. It will end up being a bargain. Wow. Yeah, debuted in 2014. Doesn't feel like he's been in the league 10 years. I mean, I'm a Cubs fan. And I'd love for the Cubs to make a run. It'd be fun. They're not going to. But sign me up for the Braves-Dodgers seven-game series. We talked about it this morning. The Dodgers have to pitch, though. They don't pitch. No, I think the Braves win. I'm just saying there's a lot of talent on that field. I mean, a ton of talent on that field when those two teams play. I mean, the Dodgers have done this in a year where they lost Trey Turner. That's true. I mean, I, I think the Braves win the series in five, six games. Bets so far to date, MVP, seven-time All-Star, two-time World Series, six-time Gold Glove, batting title, uh, some other kind of Major League Player of the Year, overall Defensive Player of the Year, and five-time Silver Slugger, which is best hitter at position. So there's Bet's career so far through 10 seasons. Bobblefish says resign Bellinger, and I agree, but let me play devil's advocate for you real quick. Are you paying Cody Bellinger $35 million a year to be your first baseman? What do you think, Chase? To be your first baseman? Because Pete Crow Armstrong is going to be your center fielder. You've got Suzuki on a long-term deal. You just extended Ian Happ on a long-term deal. Are you paying Cody Bellinger to be your first baseman, part-time center fielder, part-time DH? Or are you better off taking that money and signing Pete Alonzo and Matt Chapman? Oh. And put them on the corners. That feels right, doesn't it? And I'm a Cody Bellinger guy. I love him. He's fun. He's awesome. 
but you do have to make financial decisions. Or are you better off signing Shohei Otani to be your DH and hoping that he comes back and pitches one day? Or do you go sign Pete Alonzo and Aaron Nola? I mean, the Cubs plan feels like Chapman and Alonzo. Kind of what I think. I mean, if you t- if you gave me those options and said one absolutely happened, that's the one I would predict. I mean, I, I, if he's my first baseman, I can go cheaper there. It's where fans get super emotional. I do too. I mean, I love Cody Bellinger. I'm like, sign him, sign him. Every time he hits a home run, I'm like, just give him the money. Just give him. The but money. if you think about it, it's like, does that really make sense? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I mean, the Cubs have some interesting decisions to make in the offseason. What do you do with Kyle Hendricks? Does he take a discounted deal, but he's going to be older? I mean, if he takes a discounted deal, you re-sign him, but you need to go add that stud at the top of your pitching rotation. You let you hope Stroman opts out and walks. I mean, I'm a big Aaron Nola guy. He's the guy I, I want them to sign. Is that doable? Yeah, it's doable. They've got a really good system. They've rebuilt the system. I, I don't I don't know that giving Cody Bellinger a hell of a ton of money to put at first base makes just loads of sense. They've got other outfield prospects coming up. They've got other needs. They need a third baseman. You could go you could get Chapman who I mean, look at his numbers. Pull his numbers up and go, oh, that doesn't fit. That fits. And he's borderline gold glove. Uh, yeah, Grind says our first baseman, one of the lowest paid guys. Yeah, because it's not a it's not an elite defensive position. He's an d- elite defensive first baseman. I mean, he would win a gold glove there, but what is that worth? Yeah. His not value is as a center fielder. They have a better defensive center fielder under team control for another six years. Switching topics, I just saw this. 
a lot of people talking about Dartmouth basketball players today. They uh, file a petition to unionize. Yeah, someone said that's it the is, end of the beginning of the end. And I'm like, it, I'm not it, sure. It is completely not relevant because they don't. They're not on athletic scholarships. Right. So it, it's it's really a non-starter beyond just simply another example of a sport doing this. Um, even down at the bottom, um, let me see. Is Michael McCann who we're very aware of at this point. I think he teaches at MC. Is that correct? Is that is that right? Maybe so. I think that's right. Um, <clears throat> or used to. I don't know. Anyway, he uh, he says there's a good substantive legal argument that many, though not all, college athletes are employees. Dartmouth is probably not the ideal private school men's team to try this, however, given they are not a major program in our Ivy League where there are no athletic scholarships. But Dartmouth student, Dartmouth student workers and dining services are already in a union. So from that lens is a good school, meaning Dartmouth had some unionized students, but moving that over into that matters for athletics is a hard sell. Agreed. They're not paid right in any way. It's a club team, for lack of a yeah, the, term. The question will come it, when and if, and I think it's more if because I don't, I don't sense that we're as close to this as maybe you disagree. Yeah, go ahead. I don't sense that we're as close to like a conference full of players going, hey, we're going to form a union. Like the Big Ten or the Big 12 or the SEC going, hey, we're, we're all of our players are, are bonding together to collectively bargain as no, a union. No, I don't either. No. I don't, I don't think anybody's there yet. That doesn't feel like where we're headed. I don't think so either. I'm not exactly sure where we're headed, but I don't think that's where we're headed. What would you think of Wetzel's column? Which one? A couple days ago. I'm not sure I read it. Okay. Let me find the tweet. It's a lot talked about. and Because I agree with him on part of it, and then he really annoys the hell out of me in another part, which is kind of where Wetzel is period. For people right that are like, how could you not see it? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday for me <laughs> is like super busy, and sometimes I just don't I don't catch it all. So let me find it. It'll, it'll, it, 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 it'll take a second, but it's, no, it's, it's, okay. it's worth it. Yeah, sure. Okay, here we go. Here's, here's his Twitter premise. You could, we don't have to read the column. It's, this is good enough. Okay. Record TV ratings, pack stands, sky-high interest. Okay, I did see some of this. Go ahead. ADs, commissioners, NCAA lawyers, old coaches, and establishment establishment media claimed NIL and the transfer portal would ruin college football and push fans away. Wrong then, wrong now, maybe next year. And then goes on to say that, I don't agree with that. We'll get to that in a second. Where he is right, he said the biggest problem for college athletics is realignment. I actually agree. I, you may disagree, but I think I, I agree. I don't know that I agree or disagree yet. I'm, I'm, he's, but the point is, that's the school's fault, and that's the TV and the dollar's fault. That's not on the kids. That's not on the stuff y'all are talking about. Yeah, that's yeah. something they had no agree with whatever that. for. Now, what I find interesting... I'll, I'll be clear on the realignment thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think you're probably right. But I want to see next year. Yeah, I, sure. For whatever reason, I, I I feel like I need to see well, the Well, see, evidence. I think it works in the SEC. I think it's the Big Ten. I think it's the Big 12. I think every other league is hurt by realignment more because they didn't stay at all regional with only main teams coming in. You think Does that makes sense? You think it impacts tradition, which is a big part of college football. Not, I don't mean that in a bad no, way. No, and, and maybe tradition's not the right word. Identity, maybe. I don't know exactly the word I want to so use. So it's not a nostalgia thing? Well, no, it is a nostalgia thing, but it's also, these are our people. Like, it, it, there's a certain camaraderie in a league, in a division, in my people, in that 
by God, it's Arkansas, but it's my damn it. I hate you, but we're all in this together we play, in a we way. Play every yeah, year. yeah, it's my you know, it's, well, it's like all next, that kind next of stuff. Next year, Ole Miss, it's going to be weird when Ole Miss doesn't play Alabama and Auburn. Yeah, Ole Miss has always played Alabama. I mean, that, and Auburn. That, that that hasn't been the case since the '60s. And all of a sudden, you're not playing Alabama or Auburn. Now, I will. It's, I will, of, it's strange. My only little bit of pushback there is they've only played all these schools since like 1990. I mean, I get it. That's 30 years. Yeah, it's 30 years. Um, well, because we're ingraining Arkansas and know you're one of us. Well, they've only been in the league since 92. Right. And I know somebody's probably yelling at me right now going, see, in 20 years, it'll feel like we're up. Maybe. 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 Maybe so. In combination. Okay, here's the thing. And this is what's fascinating about it. I think realignment is the biggest concern because of all those things. I just think. Okay. I get to talk through it for a second. Sure. From the standpoint of it affects you and your enthusiasm for the sport, thus you need your enthusiasm for the sport to turn around and give NIL dollars. Okay. Which So it's a big circle. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think realignment has a across the country, maybe not in SEC, has the ability to negatively impact you from a caring enough to give, to show up, to do the tangible things that you would do every day or yearly or annually or monthly or whatever that looks like, okay? NIL dollars over time are going to continue to frustrate people. We talked about it this year. We've, we've gone, we've oh, gone ad sure. nauseum about sure. how you're overloading donors and needing this and needing this. And as you said, some coach at some point this year is going to blame the fans in NIL on a loss. Yeah, and the fans are going to push back And hard. go, holy hell, fans we're are doing this hard. and we're paying this. Yeah, and yeah. You guys are also taking game time away from us and putting more damn commercials in its place. You're doing all these things. No, right, no, no, right, no, no, right. no, no. For sure. That's not good. Completely agree. So I think it's the whole cacophony of everything. But if you told me there's the one thing that makes the science experiment kind of blow over, I think it's realignment. I think that in a lot of these leagues, that's what causes it and that's what does whatever. But where he has such a small view, and Dan's smarter than this. Dan is doing this placate thing for some reason. I'm not really for, for sure why. Maybe it's ideology. I don't know. He's he's aligned with somebody. Somebody's, put, somebody's is, putting a bug in his ear. That's my point. Is that, yeah, sure. NIL is not necessarily today doing it, but we haven't seen five years of NIL. We haven't kept asking every freaking donor and fan and pass the hat year over year over year. It was... It's what it frustrates me. It's the nobody, portal's still really new. Yeah, nobody ever said it was going to be gone in six months, Dan. We said, no, it's the root that is starting to get poisoned on the tree. Okay, so here's That's what, completely different. Yeah, here's what's interesting to me, because I asked Lane Kiffin on Monday. I'm like, hey, you know, you guys beat Georgia Tech by a gazillion last year, and you play Alabama next week. Is there any concern about, you know, being kind of an emotional sandwich is what I said. And he thought about it for a second. I think it was a question he anticipated. Yeah. And he said, you know, in the past, yeah, that would have been a thing you'd, you'd, you'd worry about, but not now because I mean, half the team's new. And I kind of thought it's the right answer. He's, he's right. I don't think there's a, a message running through the program this week. Hey, we killed these guys last year. They, they can't beat us. I don't, I don't think that's it. In, in a scenario where Ole Miss loses to Georgia Tech Saturday, it won't be because they overlooked them or took them lightly because of last season. Half the team's new. But you know where I'm going with this. When half the team is always new, if it stays that way, I, I, I mean, half the team is always new. It's never been that way before. Mm-hmm. 
How do you get emotionally attached to players if they're always new? You don't. It's, yeah. it's impossible. Well, if you don't have an emotional attachment to players, I mean, the, 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 the most ardent alumni of places go back because it's the special place, right? It's the place where they have friends, they met their wife or husband or whatever, and they they went to those games with their their daddy took them to those games, right? Or 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 that that's where they they have these memories of of tailgating in the Grove or or wherever, right? But that's not that's not that there's usually not enough of those people to fill your stadium. You also need the the quote casual fan who comes because man they just love this team and blah 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 and they want to come see so and so play and as you start to take that away and then. To me, that's what I'm interested in. I think it's look. I think on one hand, it's great that the TV ratings are out of sight and the stadiums are full. But to act like, oh yeah, this NIL thing and and pay for play and all that stuff, it's all good. We're, we're brand new. It's two different things. It's two different conversations. Now, which one matters? They both matter in their own different ways. There is a huge difference between your college football fandom and your interest in your discretionary time and money locally on your team, which is where you're going to get frustrated. Yeah. And the Saturday spectacle that is national television. I can be frustrated about NIL or wherever, whatever. And still at six o'clock, if I'm at the grill on, okay, I'll turn UCLA, UCLA on. That's not the same conversation as God, I'm getting asked for $2,000 again. And I'm already having to pay these season tickets and parking sucks. And am I doing this? And, Okay, well, basketball is pretty good. Am I giving to basketball instead? Well, baseball season tickets are up, and I mean, they just want to, you know, sure that conversation. Well, there's a thread. It's on a the, completely different thing. There was a thread on our board at RebelGrove.com this week about um hotel costs. Yeah, sure. So you have a family that comes up and they they, they want to stay in Oxford, and the the hotel cost. Oh, cool. Uh, the hotel cost is is what five six hundred dollars a night to stay in town for a game weekend, sometimes more than that. So where do you have to stay? You have to stay out in Batesville or or Grenada or wherever. I mean, you're not even in town. And then if you come to town, there's not you have to fight to find a place to eat. You have to entertain your family. It's expensive. Gas is expensive. Groceries are expensive, et cetera, et cetera. And then hey, the tickets are expensive. And now you want me to pay the players? And there's a lot there. And there's there's only a limited number of people that can do that. And not everybody has to contribute to the Grove Collective. There's lots of people in the football and, stadium, and see, right? that's the point, is the very, very, very casual fan doesn't do that. They just watch the game. They, just they the, don't care. Right, right. And again, for them, yeah, sure. And again, many of you are listening right now. Congratulations. Like, yeah, I'm not but, talking about you. But in many ways, we are getting to a place where you're pricing people out. And when you price people out, you run the risk of them moving on to other things. Because this is, you know, during the BCS era and different times, and a lot of times, because he's very good, Dan kind of became like the voice of the college football fan there for a while. Yeah. He also, though, can very quickly get into the elitist crap. Um, and he does that here. It's what frustrates me is that he goes on to insult everyone who's saying this while also trying to beat the drum. A few, few sentences. 
All we know is that college football's demise will have to once again be pushed back at least another year because it sure isn't going to be this season. To the surprise of no one capable of critical thinking, college football hasn't grown less popular because players can make bucks and have gained a measure of control over their careers. Not what anyone has said. No one's ever ever said that. If anything, it's more popular. Stadiums are packed. Television ratings are up. Despite ESPN missing 15 million homes due to a contract battle with Charter, the buzz around the sport is incredible and not merely because of Deion Sanders, although prime doesn't hurt. But wait, haven't we been told that fans won't watch a sport of wash and transfers and NIL deals, yet three years later, Colorado is the biggest deal going? That's not what anyone said ever. Ever. This is that cheerleading college football right now. Yeah. We're doing the God, the sport is the best thing ever, and we have to act like it's the best thing ever. He's doing the college football version of the NCAA tournament crap right yep. now. Bingo. That's what he's doing. That's exactly right. And is, no one said that. No one. No one. I, I don't know anyone sane who said, "Hey, I don't." And, and, and that's what's frustrating me. It's not about the column. It's about okay. Let's have the real conversation and quit doing that shit. Because nobody's upset about the players getting paid. No. The question is, hey, when you do this, like, if we keep going, at some point though, you got to go. Hey, my, you know where I'm going here. Okay, yeah, but we're not pro sports, so we got to have some limits here. We got to we got to figure this out. We got to put some guardrails up. Because the moment that you go all the way to revenue sharing is the day that you blow it up. That's the bomb. That is the nuclear. That's the bomb. Button. That's the you drop the bomb. Yeah. And once you drop the bomb and the damage is done, maybe you fix it, but it takes decades. And you you, you have to go down the road of where did we go wrong? Because if you if you do revenue sharing and you also have Title IX and you do all these things, I mean, I argued about this with Andy Staples, who I love. Andy's a great guy. I'm super happy for his new deal at On3. He's a great dude. But he's like, oh, you can do it. You can just – the sports that, that don't make revenue don't get revenue. They don't get revenue sharing. And I'm like, man, that's just going to lead to a big fight. It's going to lead to this big push. You're telling me that the volleyball team's not going to start going, hey, well, we should get we should get money. The only teams that get revenue are the teams that produce the revenue. So it's just football, a little men's basketball, at a couple places, a little bit of baseball. I mean, Spaging. a fragment. Really? I don't I don't know. I don't think it I don't think it works like that. And so I think you end up going down that road where you're like, okay, well, we're taking a percentage of all the TV money. And we're giving it to the athletes. All right. Well, then the schools are going to go. This doesn't work. We're going to have to cut sports. And now you're cutting opportunities for young people. It's not pro sports. That's my big thing is you're not pro sports. Pro sports are super organized. Pro sports have. I mean, the Braves. Let's take the Braves. The Braves have. There's a salary apron. There's a, a there's a, a luxury tax that they have to consider. There's if the Braves were to get involved with say Shohei Otani, there's a decision that they have to make. Okay, well if we do this, we're going to be in the tax. Is that amount of tax worth it? What does that what does that do? Yeah, the ratio. What does that do to everything sure. else that we do? Right? It's not just hey yeah, throw the money at him. Let's let's hit up a couple of big Braves fans and get big money from him. It's deeper than that. You see NBA teams right now, like Terrence Davis can't land a deal because he's kind of an NBA no man's land. Why is that? It's because there's structure. If, if you don't have any structure and you just kind of go nutty, but we're too early to know whether this works or not. I don't think anybody's pissed off the kids are getting paid. I think a lot of people look at the portal, though, and go, 
the portal's kind of weird to people. So this guy can like here's here's an example. Ole Miss has what three or four guys from Georgia Tech. Yeah, Kelly. One of Kelly's questions. It's a good question. Was hey, has that been a topic of conversation this week? And I was like, not really. I mean, Jared Ivy. We got, talked to Jared Ivy, but he was here last year. Yeah, so. he got asked about it. But the truth is, when you have forty something transfers on a team, it's like ah, two or three of them came from Georgia Tech. They they got to come from somewhere because you definitely don't go okay. Well, they play so and so. Who last year was at a school who played then? Like you're not doing that math in your head. No, I mean like in. Ole Miss has two kids from Auburn. When Ole Miss plays Auburn this year, we're not going to be like, hey JJ, you're going back to Auburn. Is that a big thing? Yeah, no, no, it's not. It's just not a. It's not a thing anymore. Kids, there's so many transfers. I mean, we're not even going to make a big deal out of like, I think he's hurt right now. Hopefully he gets well. But like Austin Keys will be playing against Ole Miss. Oh, yeah. Is that a big thing? I don't know. It wasn't even a big thing last year when Malik Keith played against Mississippi State, for God's sake. That's the egg bowl. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was a good, it was a good question on, on, on uh, his part, Kelly's part. But when I thought about it, I was like, no, man, that hadn't been a topic at all. Mm mm. I mean, we're already to a point where, oh, yeah, yeah, they, they, they have 100 guys that come from all these different places. and But I've heard multiple people, and you know more people than I do, but I've heard people say, yeah, I'm kind of less into it this year because I don't know who the players are. I still watch, but I'm less attached. Laundry, not player. They, they're like, I still watch, and I guess I still cheer, but I'm not as emotional about it because I don't know who the players are. You That's don't... Fair. You don't have the year over year much. And that used to be a fun part of it, right? That was something that was like a, a, a Ole Miss beat Alabama in 2014. It was the first time they won in a while. And you could talk to some of those guys who'd come close before what it meant to them to win that game. What it meant. I remember my first year on the beat, 2008, uh, Mike Wallace, Ole Miss beat. Mississippi State was like 45 to nothing. Is that what it was? The crazy game, blowout game? Yeah, something like that. And we were in the team room, and I, Mike was back in the back. They were doing interviews, and, and he was in, he was back there, and, and I was like, um, hey, do you got a minute? And he's like, yeah. And I went back there, and Mike was like teary-eyed. And I was like, what, what, what's this about? And he was like, we've just come so far. We were so bad when I first got here. We Everybody beat us, and everybody laughed at us, and you know, here we are, and you, we made it, and we're going to the, the Cotton Bowl and all that stuff. I don't know that those storylines really exist anymore. Because now if it goes bad, you leave. C.J. Johnson crying on the field when they beat Alabama in 14. Yeah. Couldn't get up, just yeah, emotional. and I don't know that you get that scene again. Maybe you do. Maybe the fans make this scene happen, but I don't know that it means that it, I don't know that it means to the players what it once meant. How could it? A place is going to mean more to you if you're there for four years than if you're there for one. But who knows? I mean, I, I think the jury's out. We'll see. They bring up the thread, and I, I say this because I really respect what he's done and what he's doing. You know, Staples is interesting to me because he comes off like either he knows something or he's become way more sort of corporate and in bed than he's ever been before. And I don't know which sometimes. And I go, there's a different tone to you. Do you just simply need college football to be outstanding because that's your stick and your job and you're playing into that or something else here? I don't know. His 
tone has just felt different to me for whatever reason. Well, he, he's he kinda, defends more. He's kind of cheerleading it yeah. because he's all in on it now. I mean, yeah. he's dependent on it. Yeah. I mean, it was he was right. But even some of the how far he went with the NCAA was right against the Walker kid from North Carolina. Oh, he defended the NCAA? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, that one situation, I get it. But it was just like, hold on a minute. Yeah. Like, as much as you've made fun, like, hmm? what are we doing? I found that case to be fascinating. It's, it's like, I mean, I do think the incident blood made the right decision. It's a weird thing. Well, maybe not on that particular one, on double transfers in general. That particular case, it's, it could go either way. Kids only transferred once when he's played football. Yeah. They, they didn't play in 2020. No. That's why he left. And that's the NCAA going, hey, you know, we were wrong about COVID. They won't do it. No, they still punish the kid for a decision that was made beyond his control. It was only made because of a pandemic. Because the kid wouldn't have left and then wouldn't have had been in that situation. Right, right. He, he might have been good there and then came to North Carolina. Yeah. But that's how that would have been. But gone. he went to a Mac school to play. Yeah. With both schools going, hey, this isn't fair. Let him play. Yeah. They both sent petitions in. Yeah. I mean, like Ole Miss has the two basketball players. The Ole Miss basketball season is a lot more interesting if they play. I thought it was interesting today, and it has no bearing on anything. I'm just kind of surprised Ole Miss did it. I saw Brandon Murray was on, like, the SEC Leadership Council and was the player who went. Oh, and yeah, I thought, yeah. It's interesting since he's not technically eligible yet. Yeah. Again, meant nothing, but I just went, huh. I guess. Yeah, just sort of, just sort of cocked my head a little bit. I think if there had been a ruling, we would have heard by now. Yeah, come on. I mean, that's fairly big deal that's running around. Because I think Brandon Murray dictates their team by several games. I think he is. I do too. I think you can make the argument he's the most important player on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. You can argue that for sure. Yeah. And, and legitimately. You can have arguments for him and Morrell and then however else you want to play it out. Yeah, Morrell. Those Al- are both guards, I get. Alan Flanagan. Oh. Just dudes. But yeah, I mean, you, I'd love to see what their roster looks like at full strength. And, and yet, on the other side, I get it if the NCAA goes, nope, we have rules. You out, you guys ask for rules, we're, we're enforcing the rules. Then don't, I know we've been here before, I'm only going to say it one time, then don't put the stupid clause in that allows it to be analyzed. Because it's, it's dumb. Because all you got to do is let one in there. He goes, well, hold on a minute. What's the difference between us and him? Well, it's, here's an example. Not This is not to get political, but I was listening to a show today where they were the, the breaking points, and they were they're interviewing a, um, a focus group. And the question was about Biden and Trump. Are they too old, right? Yeah. This is not political. I promise, guys, yeah. I'm not going political. Sure. This was, you know, are they too old? And it was like, well, I mean, yeah, kind of, you know, he's whatever. And Are you for age limits? And they're like, I don't know. It's kind of arbitrary, right? I mean, is it is it 80? Is it 75? Is it some people are sharp at 85 and some people are, are gone at 85? And then the question was, are you for a cognitive test? And it's like, well, how do you figure out I mean, the, that feels like- how do you do that? Right. And so it's 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 like this with anything. It's like so it, you either have a hard and fast rule or you don't. 
because how do you, you know, like a cognitive test? Well, who makes the rules for the cognitive test? Who grades the cognitive test? That would be some good cable news television right there is, hey, they're taking the test today. If they make a 25, right. they can run for re-election. If they make a 24, they're out the pasture. Yeah. And so, how, but how do you, you know, who, who, who makes the test? How do you determine what, 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 what's, how do you judge the test? How do you, how do you, how's that done? Is it timed? Is it, do you have 30 minutes to take the test? Do you have 35 minutes to take the test? Is it, if you're 80, is 80 by when? By January 1st? I mean, how does that, you got to have rules. And if without the rules, that's the NCAA's problem. You're right. They did this thing where like, okay, well, we're going to save yes, this for mental but- health. Yeah. What's up, Grind? Oh, it's Grind. What's going on? Oh, man, just enjoying the show, man. Oh, man, just a, another day, another dollar down here in Mobile. I wish my goddamn, I wish this, the weather down here has been crazy, man. I need, I need like two good days of straight sunlight for my plants, man. They need, they need some just hard sunlight, bad. What kind of plants? What are we, what are but, we doing? You know, I was marijuana plants. Yeah, man. that's what I figured. Okay. They, they, <laughs> Is it hot or is it, ra- life, is it I mean, I hot know. or rainy? Oh man, it just got done raining right now, and I mean, my truck say it's seventy degrees outside. Oh wow, so it's, it's pleasant like, here too. Like, it's like it even sprinkled for a yeah, little it's, while. It was like it was it was nice. Okay, okay then. What's the what's the weather for you guys supposed to be on Saturday? You you know, are both of y'all going to the game? Which one? You know, who's going to the game? You know, how you dress? I'll go and then leave. He'll stay. I'll go for like a half, and then I'll leave at halftime okay. and get set up. The, I think uh, we're good weather-wise. The weather tomorrow. forecast for uh, Oxford on Saturday is uh, mostly sunny skies, a high of 84. Winds north-northwest okay. at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Saturday night, Ole Miss kicks off at 630. The uh, low is 60. Oh, good, good, good stuff. Clear to partly cloudy, low around 60 winds, light and variable. The sun will set at 7.03. Oh, sun sets at 7.03 on uh, Saturday. Okay, that's some great weather y'all, y'all supposed to have, man. Well, it's early in the season, but I mean, it seems like I was right to hop off that beamer bus before the season started. I hate to leave y'all guys on that thing. But yeah, I mean, no, I'm off. I mean, I'm off. I jumped off. I jumped off as it was rolling. I'm out. Oh my goodness! I'm off what a lot of buses. I know at one point he, you know he, he, he tricked me and Chase. Man, me and me and Chase was like when he first hired. I mean, we were, we were, we was you know bashing the hire, and then we I were know. like, well, we may have to eat some crow. So I, I, <laughs> I don't know. I mean. So, you know, that's why I was on the bus. But now, now you know, I'm off. What about you, man? What about you, Chase? Because, look, here's the deal. They're this bad, and Rattler's not bad. So what's it going to look like when he's gone? Does he see Does he see the second season of the new SEC? Oh. So 25. 25. I'm going to say he treads water enough to get fired after the 25 season. I think <laughs> I, think I agree. Because you can go oh, six oh, okay. and six I mean, and hang on for a minute over there. You can get in purgatory so there and hang on. So here's the question at these places, right? All you got to do is beat Missouri and Vandy to go six and six. So here's the Missouri question. That fan, that, that fan base is real tolerable. When they fire Eli Drinkwitz at Missouri, who are you hiring? What are you doing? Who are you hiring? 
Who are you hiring that's walking in that's just leaps and bounds better than Eli Drinkwitz? What are you doing? Who's the, the guy? Time y'all have, the next time y'all got the next time y'all have Kane on McCready and Siski, y'all probably need to ask him. <laughs> so, well, I mean, to see, you know, because I mean, <laughs> Missouri might need to see. Hey, you know, well, we, so, we kind of do need to see what's up out there. So I, here's the thing: if with, Kane say no, they might need to be people. Well, here's the thing with Kane, and I know this. Um, I'll be careful how I do it. I think Kane is in a spot where he likes where he is. He's making good money. His family likes it there. He feels like he can win there mm-hmm. on a consistent basis, and I think he feels like he can be picky for a while. Kane's really young. He's got plenty of time. He doesn't have to panic. He doesn't have to rush. And I don't know that he would just jump at Missouri. I'm not saying he would tell Missouri mm-hmm. no, but I can tell you that I don't think it would be an automatic yes on his part. Do y'all not feel like that Napier is kind of like wearing like the Sun Belt coaches, like you know, championship? Like if like if if Napier doesn't get it done, will that kind of because I mean Napier passed over jobs like you know he was the the king of the, of the of coaches, you know, trying to you know making sure he got the best job available or the best job that he thought you know could you know get him at the best spot. You know, he ended up at Florida, but I mean. If he falls flat on his face, like a like a, if he hits the under, if he goes four and four and eight this year, that's falling flat on his face. Does he? I mean, are we are we sure like the Sun Belt is like this, this the carousel where you pick them up and and place them here? I mean, no, but there's some really good coaches in that league, and it's a really good league. I mean, look, it's it's hard to win anywhere, and true, you know, it's I still think. I get the Napier stuff. Napier's going to get a third year. He deserves a third year. He's recruiting really high. I mean, if you fire Billy Napier, the message that you send at Florida is, hey, look, you have no, you have no time. You have to win right now. You have to win right yeah. now. And that is true. Is that really the message you want to send? I mean, that, hey, we have no patience at all. There's no ability to build. That it's just you have to do it right this, right this moment. It's different than like Drinkwitz at Missouri or Pittman at Arkansas, where it's year four, right? Where, like, if one of them, I mean, let's say, let, you know, if if Drink, one of them is not one of, yeah, if Drinkwitz loses on on Saturday or Pittman loses on Saturday, those fan bases are going to be like, all right, this just isn't working, right? And they're probably right at that point, like it's probably not really working. But year two, you're firing somebody in year two. You're the message you send right there is it's illogical, really. True, I agree. Now, I mean, you know, we did that with Harson, so don't be saying all that. You know, I mean, sometimes two years is all you need. Yeah, you but know? I mean, but that was a, <laughs> you know, you know but that was a crazy bad. I know fit. that was different. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know that Billy Napier yeah, is a crazy bad fit. He's not, I and mean, he's. Look, here's Billy's thing. Billy was being patient because Billy thought he was going to get the LSU job. And then he didn't. Mm. And, and at that point, the reason he wasn't interested in Ole Miss or Mississippi State or South Carolina was because he really believed that he was up next at LSU, which had he known enough about Louisiana, he would have known that LSU was never going to hire the ULL coach. But I think he had some people down there telling him, hey, you're the guy, you're going to get it. And then he didn't, and he took Florida, which is – 
argue yeah. you you can argue about what kind of job Florida is, right? Because Steve Spurrier won it. Steve Spurrier won at Florida. Glad, yes. But but Steve Spurrier won everywhere. Uh Urban Meyer won mm-hmm. it at Florida, but Urban Meyer won everywhere he ever went. He won it he won at Ohio State, he won at Utah. You can argue that he's a bad guy, whatever. That's fine, but he wins. Steve Spurrier won at Duke. Steve Spurrier just wins. Steve Spurrier went went one big at South Carolina for a long period of time. They had multiple ten win seasons. Yep. And you know when I think it was on the Wednesday episode when you guys were talking about the uh, SEC being down, and you know we talk, and you know brought up QB play, and I I, just, I was just thinking about that, and just it came full circle because my hot take. Just when I was, when I thought about that, is that Florida's not a blue blood, and the reason I say that is because let's if we look at okay, we say that the SEC is bad because QB players down. Well, I mean, let's look at the past, you know, SEC quarterbacks that won championships. So, okay, we, you got Joe Burrow, all right, and you got you got Stetson Bennett though. Stetson Bennett won two championships, and is he is he just some you know drop him at? Ole Miss or drop them at Mississippi State, you know, and they and they ball out. And then before that, you have uh, you do now. See what messes it up is because you have Tua and Jalen, but people forget that if Nick Saban wouldn't have made a change, that would I would have been saying Jake Fromm is the national championship quarterback and not Tua or Jalen. Yeah, sure. So and that's and that's why I kept thinking. I was like, and I was like, man, okay. So you have those programs, which is really Georgia and Alabama, who are winning you know, championships with, I'm not going to say no-name guys, but, you know, your game managers. But, you know, when you look at Joe Burrow and, I, you know, said Cam Newton, you, you, I mean, in my opinion, then when you, when I looked, when I said Florida, you know, I brought up Chris Leak and Tim Tebow. And in my opinion, if you have to have a generational talent at quarterback to win a championship, then you can't be a blue blood because they don't need championships. They don't need generational quarterbacks to win championships, more than likely. What was uh what was your emotional level and thoughts throughout that uh, game on Saturday night? Because I I kind of went to bed with it, but I mean the defense looked pretty good. But my God, grind at your offense! I mean that wasn't Georgia on the other side; it was Cal. But everything's okay because he baptized a player this week, so everything's good now. Yes, did you not see that? Didn't you? I mean, come on, Neil. I, I wanted to point that out to you so so bad. He's <laughs> he's baptizing players now. He's in the water <laughs> baptizing his players. He didn't do the baptism. <laughs> he helped dunk dunk the player <laughs> in the water. It was, yeah, you got to wash all that horse away. You got to wash all that horse out. <laughs> I love I love the guy in the background the guy in the background that goes this is the only place this would happen and I'm like yeah that's true words <laughs> it is the well look it's the quintessential thing it's doing a lot of good things and always having to have a camera when you do yep both can be true yep because I'm not making fun of anyone being baptized ever that's no, not, of course yeah, yeah, not that's not of it's not, not about the player it's, or the situation yeah. there were oh, other no. people being yeah. baptized too yeah. but Hugh was yeah it was yes. yeah so that's where the cameras were yeah let me, let me not joke I, 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 you know let me not joke because I, I am a Christian I, you know you guys is, is based in Mississippi let me not joke I don't want you know people thinking all that you know I ain't trying to get y'all you know stricken by y'all subs or nothing no we're no, no no we're, so, we're like all in the same that's why we were clarifying we're in the same boat on this i mean i just it's just like okay. some some things are okay some things probably weren't meant to be become viral videos i guess and it's but it, it's not it is it ah uh, okay yeah i mean i agree like i like when i saw that i was like what 
I, th- I thought it was like it looked like a Halloween trailer or something. Like that's that's what I thought at first. Then I was like, okay, so they're baptizing the guy. And then I was like, I've just never seen it before. But I mean, after after that cow game, he's probably trying to try anything, man, because the offense, Peyton Thorne is not it. Peyton Thorne is not it. And the more I watch Auburn play offense, I'm like, yeah, man, Lane Kiffin paid extra just to keep Sanders away. Because my God, he would be he would be like a savior right now. Whatever it was that we decided not to give that dude, we should have just gave it to him and just said, you know, yeah. you know, whatever. The Spencer because Sanders thing is wild. This is not it. The Spencer Sanders thing is is crazy. He he could be the quarterback at Auburn today, and had he stayed at Oklahoma State, he'd be their quarterback. I mean, it, it instead he's backing up Jackson Dart, who looks like one of the two or three best quarterbacks in the SEC so far. <laughs> Hey, uh, exactly. Ryan, we've got a super. We've got a super chat. I'm, oh, no, you good? I'm, no, I want to get your answer on it. It's uh, Blake Pierce. Blake, thanks for the super chat. He says, "How did Grind end up following MPW Digital so close?" The chat is dying to know. Grind's a legend. <laughs> okay, so this is the true story of how I found you guys, right? So, this is my. Like uh, I'm, I'm down here in, in Mobile, my sophomore year in college, and it's the 2014 Auburn Ole Miss game. And so my, you know, my friends, we like, man, we're gonna go to a party, man, forget the game, you know, whatnot. And so I'm like, oh, okay, dude, whatever. It was like in the third quarter, and I want to say at this point, Ole Miss had just went up, like either like eight ten, I can't remember. And I was just like, all right, man, forget it, whatever. So go to a party, and so you know, uh, you know, having a good time and whatnot. And then I, I totally forget about the game, like, you know, just having that good of a time. I'm like, man, Auburn probably lost anyway. You know, LaCorn was going off. That's, I, that's all I remember. I was like, man, LaCorn going off. That's all I remember saying to my, my friends. And so once the party over, I hop, in, I hop into the car, and then I take my phone. I was like, what? I said to my friends, like, well, I said, bro, Auburn won. I said, ain't no way. And so I took my phone, and then I saw the highlights. And I was like, this makes no sense. And so this is back in 2014. So getting post-game from anything was like, Ain't nobody finna have that, especially right after the game. And so I want to say it was probably about three or four hours later because I'm still just searching up stuff because highlights taking a while to get put on in, uh, you know, YouTube and all that stuff. And then I, uh, I see where I just put in Auburn Ole Miss, like, post-game. And then it said uh, MPW – not MPW, uh, MPW, but it said, you know, you guys things back then, and it said instant analysis. Uh-huh. And this one, it had you – uh, and Jeffrey, you know, you two, you two and Jeffrey were all yeah. doing y'all things. And that's when I was listening. I was like, dang. I was like, like other other than just like just listening to the game, you know, I mean, listening to, you know, y'all break it down. I was like, dang, like these dudes actually like pretty good. Like, okay. Like I made this live to them like just to see what's up on stuff. And so that's how, you know, I just kept listening to you guys. And that was, it ended up being a crazy season for Ole Miss. Like just for me, just listening to the podcast. They end up being like a crazy season, and then obviously 2015, you know, I'm listening and just stuff, and then you guys incorporated a live chat, I want to say, you know, a few years later, and that's when I had just, you know, hopped on YouTube and saw you guys were live and just, you know. So that's how I really, you know, found you guys. I was dying to hear, like, what actually happened and, you know, give, like, a deep breakdown to the game, and then, you know, I found you guys. You know, that, that that was the game where Neil made basically friends with the entire Auburn family. So, I mean, you're just one of millions, Grind. I mean, everything went, you know, after that game, there was no controversy, nothing no. about any newspaper headlines anywhere. It was a terrible it, headline. It, it was kumbaya despite a 35 31 Auburn win. Man, that was, yeah. I mean, Neil, 
Look, don't 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 take that to heart, man. <laughs> I'm in, I am the representation of the Auburn fan base that you need to <laughs> you know look at, you know, hug, you know, embrace. Yeah. You're my guy then. All that, man. <laughs> you're and you're your that's singular. <laughs> you're my guy. That's it. <laughs> Well, your well, your guys at Texas, they need some pep. They need some pepping up, man. It, oh. it, between Texas, between going from Texas A and M and Alabama this week, oh my goodness, oh. I have been like in in, in hog heaven. Yeah, I mean, I, it has been. It is. So, all right, last thing, and then we'll, I mean, last you know, thing, then we'll let you go. I'm curious. I want to get your thoughts. Give me take take your orange and blue glasses and put them away for a minute. I won't ask you to throw them away, but just put put them put them down. Is was Saturday just a a blip, or was Saturday a sign of of there's trouble for the tide? Oh, for the tide! Okay. Yeah, yeah, for the tide. Alabama loses to Texas. Look, Texas looks good. Quinn Ewers is good. Mm-hmm. There's a lot there. Texas, Texas was ready to go. You could see it. They, when they came running out of the tunnel. You were like, "Ooh, these guys! These guys have a look in their eyes." But for Alabama, you lived in that state. Is this a blip, or is this is this a sign of something that's coming? Now the, the fan base thinks it's over with, but me personally, I, I watched that game, and then you have to incorporate everything. Miro, if Miro, you know, stays the quarterback and he doesn't get better at reading defenses, then I believe it is it is over. But I mean, when people, I, I understand when people say they lost the trenches and yada yada. But if you actually break down, like, the things that swing a football game, they all happen for Texas. I mean, Texas had two interceptions, and they also hit on two deep, deep long balls. I know Alabama had that one, you know, big play to the tight end, but he broke tackles over the middle, and he running. I mean, for Texas, they had two deep shots where it was their guy just, you know, made a big play. And, you know, you talk about four – you give Texas a team of that talent – four big plays to your zero, I mean, and you lose by him. I mean, I understand, you know, it's at home and whatnot. But, I, I mean, honestly, I think Texas is just a lot better than what people think. And I also think that with Miami, I mean, it's possible that A&M and Alabama lost to teams that are, like, probably be vying for playoff spots easily. They they could – both of those both of those teams could be undefeated headed to the, tra- to the conference championship games. So I don't. I'm not. I'm not saying it's over for Bama. They could easily be ten and two. Yeah, I, and that wins the West this year. I think. I think you're right. Well, you know what? Alabama could. Alabama could go nine and three and win West. I don't know how their fans are going to feel about that. But I mean, there's there's a world that they go nine and three. You know, and you know, go get beat by Georgia and finish nine and four. And so, ugh, I don't know how, they, how they'll feel about that, but. Well, hey, enjoy yeah, your week. I appreciate you guys taking my call. Yeah, I, enjoy your weekend. Thanks yeah, for the call. I, I appreciate, appreciate you. I appreciate you guys taking my call. I listen to the show, man. Okay. All right, later, Thanks. guys. Um, try, well, that's neat. Uh, try to read through it quickly so I don't – I have not done this, but just from the uh, very bare bones thing, I see this on our message board. Uh, DeSanto Rollins, who at least as of earlier today was still on Ole Miss's football roster, Okay. has uh, filed a federal lawsuit against the University of Mississippi and head coach Lane Kiffin. It's filed in federal court in Oxford and posted on PACER today. I'm assuming that's one of those legal things. Uh, Rollins, a Louisiana native, claimed he was suffering from mental health issues just before last season's football campaign started. In the lawsuit, uh, Rollins claimed he was not provided proper care by the university and that Kiffin kicked him off the team, causing even more anxiety. 
again, still listed on the football team's online roster. Keith Carter still has not or has not commented as of that writing to WCBI today. Again, I have the I have the actual filing in front of me, but we're on, so I haven't been able to fully read it. But just heads up for anyone in the stream, that is as of six thirty five PM as we're uh, as we're going this morning. That's interesting. This afternoon. That damn Cyclops always causing trouble. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's a very convoluted legal document, so I don't. Yeah, I, I don't have it in front of me, so I can't even begin to weigh in on it. Has he? He hasn't played at all this year, has he? Rollins. Nothing I'm aware of. On April 23rd, 2022, he suffered a concussion that affected his ability to concentrate, think, and remember while during the spring game. And the coaching staff, trainers, and team physicians did not refer him for a mental health evaluation. In late July 22, he injured his Achilles tendon in his right foot. The physical injury to his Achilles and his right foot substantially limited his ability to perform major life activities of walking, jumping, standing for long periods, standing on his toes, climbing, and sleeping. As a result of the injury, he suffered severe depression, anxiety, frustration, embarrassment, humiliation, loss of sleep, loss of appetite, substantially limited his ability to perform major life activities. Um, he was unaware of the need for a mental health evaluation or mental health when he blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's written. I know it's legalese, but mm-hmm. it's written very, very, uh, very lengthy. There's no brevity involved in, uh, uh, in this. It's, so I can't get to the real nut graph of exactly what there, there is. There is no nut graph. No, no, okay. no, no, no. So. Anyway, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking now to see if he's still on the roster. I would have to think after that he's not. Still there. Huh. Yeah. Junior, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Yeah. Two games last year. Has not played this year. Yeah. Three games total in his career. I've got a feeling he's not with the team. Yeah, I'm assuming so too. So, 31 snaps over three games in 22 and 23. Thank you, Sammy, for that information. Uh, last thing, let's see. Uh, Grind says, how surprised would y'all be if Florida beat Tennessee? Not not very, honestly. I'd, I'd give them like a 30% chance. Yeah. So I'm not sure. blown away, but I'm not expecting it. Yeah. Something like that. I generally agree. I mean, it's a touchdown favorite. I think it's about right, actually. Tennessee's yeah. not killing no, me so far. No, no, they're not world beaters. I, look, there's a handful of teams in the league that I just – I'm not ready to judge it. Uh, is Drink versus Pete Pittman at the end of the year. Loser leave town. It depends what the records are. I think Arkansas will try to Arkansas's got to really fall. They would like to hang on to Pittman, but there are people there – there are absolutely people there who are like, look, this guy's great. We love him. But but let's let's jump in big time. And you got Musselman doing what he's doing. Yeah. And you've got the money's there to do it if they commit to doing it. Mm-hmm. But to do that, they probably have to hire a different kind of coach. Can you get that coach to go to Arkansas in this era? I don't know. Maybe. Exactly. I don't know. All right. We'll be back on Saturday night. We'll have uh the MPW Digital Post Game Show, brought to you by Dead Soxy. That will be, uh, I'm guessing, starting around around 10, 10, 15. 10, 15. We'll uh, we'll 
we'll give you a show and then of course we'll be back next week with another uh, another week of shows as we get ready for the big one as i call it the exam Ole Miss at Alabama next Saturday, 2.30 on CBS, barring something crazy against Georgia Tech. Our focus will turn to the Rebels and the Crimson Tide really, really fast, probably as early as uh, Saturday night. So for Chase, I'm Neil. Again, thanks to the people at Comer and Southern for making this show possible. We certainly appreciate it. Check out all of our content at Digital at rebelgrove.com. There is a ton there. So uh, check it out. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Tell a friend. uh, All of those things. Please help us with our numbers. We would certainly appreciate it. So until uh, Saturday night, enjoy your weekend. Be safe driving. Take care. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua, and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter, and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film, and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.